Hi and welcome to another episode of Impact Pool Podcast. Today, I am very glad to have a senior humanitarian affairs officer from OCHA, the United Nations Office for Coordination and Humanitarian Affairs, Claudia Rodriguez. Claudia, thank you very much for being here. Hi, Jorge. A pleasure to, to be here with you. Claudia will be answering some questions, but I already know some of her background and I can I can tell you that I'm extremely eager to hear her answers. She's been everywhere. She's been in most of or, or many of the crises and emergencies that we've heard in the media for the last 20 years. She's she's been there and 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 she's been confronting a lot of a lot of situations that are very um, far from what the rest of us can live in an everyday life. So let us begin. Claudia, why did you decide to devote a career to humanitarian emergency? And what has kept you going forward all these years? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Jorge. Um, I don't think there is a straight, uh, a straight answer to that. I, I think... Um, you know, grow, growing up, we, we were also confronted a little bit to to all news of, of wars and, and conflict taking place in, in various areas. I I remember distinctively the the Balkan uh, the Balkan War and seeing uh, on TV the efforts that the UN humanitarian actors were were doing. Um, and I remember. Uh, Somewhat being a little bit inspired by that, no, I'm thinking that that I would, I would also like to to be part of um, of of something where where you can contribute to efforts to to alleviate the the suffering of uh, of people and and also a means to perhaps address some of the. The, the sort of indignation and injustice that that we can all have when when we see these situations unfolding in 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 various places and and the impact that it has uh, on people. So, I I think I started because I I felt I wanted to to be part of uh, of that effort, um and and it's also that same feeling that has kept me going. I mean, at some point joining. Um, the humanitarian effort and, and joining the, the UN um, reality was no longer on TV but um, ahead of me and that just gave me you know, reaffirmed my, my willingness to, to, to be part of that effort to do something about it I see, thank you and right now you are in, in uh, working in OCHA in the field office in Colombia, isn't it? Yes, I am. I arrived uh, recently, about six months ago, as the head of office here. Could you explain to us or elaborate how does a, a regular day look like in the life of senior humanitarian affairs? Yeah, working for OCHA. <laughs> um, well, um, day life uh, looks as um, I'm not going to glorify it a lot. If it has its uh, its good elements and, and bad elements, it. Um, it, it involves uh, a lot of meetings and, and discussions with, with colleagues, with, uh, with other agencies, with stakeholders, uh, government, um, and, and so on. Um, but perhaps if I have to, to, to describe it uh, in, in very, very briefly, it, 
It, invo- it, it mainly involves fielding problems. I mean, our days start with briefings from, from our offices in the field in terms of developments that are, that are taking place. And more often than not, it's, it's always um, events that are affecting the population. It's reports on displacement or um, of, uh, of confinement or of hostilities taking place, of children being, uh, being recruited. Um, and, and then discussions on what efforts we can, we can deploy as a humanitarian community in order to, to, to respond to, to these events and, and to the need of, uh, of the population. It involves a lot of frustration as well because, uh, more often than not, we, we, we don't always have the capacity to be able to respond to all the needs, um, that, that we, we identify and it's, it's that, constant effort of trying to see how you can mobilize um, assistance to arrive to, to the people that need it and how you can mobilize the, the resources to make sure um, that as many people as possible receive that, that assistance. So basically that's our day. It's really just always um, making phone calls and, and, and trying to, to mobilize efforts to make sure that assistance reaches those that need it. I see. Also, Claudia, I was uh, to, to reach that level of seniority at the UN. It's, it's also important also to our audience. If you can tell us a little bit, how, how did you start your career? What were some of the milestones or some of the, let's say, one of the, the, the biggest challenges that you presented? I, I know you've been on the, in the West Bank, you've been in, in, uh, in Iraq, in Darfur, etc. Can, can you tell us a little bit? about it how did you how did it start and where have you been um okay i can tell you just very very briefly look i started my my career as a, as a humanitarian um delivering generators to besieged uh, cities i was uh, um i was in the palestinian territories it was during the second intifada and there were a lot of areas under under siege um so that was my my first uh, experience and and in doing so you 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 sort of get a feel of of what it means you know a very concrete effort and very you know limited to some extent effort that you make but the huge impact that it can have um for for the population um from from the palestinian territories i i then went to iraq it was uh, during the war um I was working also for an NGO that was uh, delivering, supporting hospitals um, during that that. Um, and then, well, I became familiar with the with with the work of of the UN and in particular the the work of uh, of Ochan. I was intrigued and and inspired by by its mandate. So. Um, still working for for NGOs, and I went to to, to various areas um, after after Iraq, like to, to the tsunami response. I started applying to to the UN, and well, it took a lot of applications, um, but eventually I was uh, I was offered to to go to to the DRC, to the Democratic Republic of Congo, to sub office so I started working with Ocha when I was uh, when I was still quite young I was only 28 I was the head of the of the sub office um, of the sub office there um, and I and and I've been doing this this work um, ever ever since and 
um, gradually having, you know, increasing responsibilities from, from a sub office. I went to work for the capital and little by little, as, as you work and, and you learn, um, you, I was, I was trusted with, with, uh, increasing responsibilities. Um, so yeah. Thank you, Claudia. And, and well, as you can hear, she's, she's been in very challenging and, and hardship environments. Claudia, tell us about what has been the toughest situation in your professional life. <laughs> um, I, I would say there's been uh, um, there there's been many. Um, look, I think our our work it's it's really as, as I mentioned before it's it's a lot of uh, fielding uh, problems and trying to to look for solutions and and sometimes I mean the, the kind of um, problems that we're confronted with are, are quite uh, unimaginable. Um, just to just to give you an example, perhaps um, I mean in, in the DRC one day the mayor called me in the in the morning and said, Claudia, you know we have a problem. It rained mountains, and it has blocked uh, all the um, all the access roads that linked uh, our our area with uh, with southern areas and where we had a lot of colleagues and. You know the the medical referral uh, was affected. There were there were a lot of people that were basically cut off because of it. So, yeah. you know, we we went to I I went with the mayor to to the area that that was affected and and indeed I mean you know parts of uh, of of the mountain had had fallen down because of the rain. Um, the road was uh, was completely blocked. And as I said, I mean hundreds of thousands of people were were affected by this. And we were in an area in a little village in the middle of nowhere in Congo. Where you know we didn't have bulldozers or any any fancy equipment um, to to be able to to address this, and it was important that that we did it as a, as soon as possible. So, um, you know, Jorge, at, at the end, we 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 found in in these situations that if we if we couldn't uh, remove the rocks from the road, if we couldn't remove the obstacles, you know, we couldn't um, blow them up because uh, it would have affected the people that were. Uh, living in the in the surrounding areas and anything that we could think of was not a viable solution until we just realized that if we could not remove the rocks, then we would just have to rebuild the road um, over it over them. So, which is what we had uh, what we had to do. And and I think in in our jobs, Jorge, this is this is what we are doing on a on a on a continuous basis is we we are confronted with problems we constantly have to look for for solutions for people and 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 we have to constantly find creative ways in in which we we can do this i think where where the toughest situations for us is is when we know that if we don't find those solutions people's lives are at stake and that's and that's a huge responsibility. I mean, in, in, in Syria, we had some situations where, you know, people were in, in the middle of the, the crossfire. They needed to be evacuated. Three armies would be involved. And it really depended on, on, on us, on OCHA, to, to be able to negotiate with all the actors on the ground, that teams be able to come in to evacuate people safely. Um, and 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 lives are at stake if we don't do it, if we don't find the right solutions, if we don't do the right things, people can die. Um, so that's that's uh, I think 
one of the, 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 the biggest challenges in, in our line of work is that we, we often we have to get it right. Um, and well, sometimes it can be a little bit scary, but then obviously very, very rewarding. Yes, and I guess that's the biggest responsibility one can have, really. Um, other yeah. other human lives. Um, it's 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 quite interesting to hear about it, and and as as you can see, as you can hear from from her, she's been in in natural disasters. She's been in war zones, etc. And I just wanted to to comment on this because I've, I I just had an recorded another podcast with a peacekeeping uh, director and one of our coaches, and and he mentioned now how how this, these duty stations, these non-family duty stations have been evolving to adapt to better serve both, uh, both men and women working these duty stations. So this takes me to the next part. How is it like to be a woman in this field and what has been challenging for you as a woman, as a humanitarian working in these emergency duty stations and in general pursuing this kind of career? And everything that it entails. Thanks, Jorge. I think, um, I mean, I think as a woman, we 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 face a, a number of of challenges. I mean, um, first, sometimes, <laughs> called, you know, attitudes towards uh, women um, in some of the places where 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 we work are not the 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 ones we we would like it to be. So we always feel we have to make Um, double the effort, double the work um, for for our work to be to be appreciated and, and and to be to be respected. So that's I think any women um, in various fields of work would uh, would tell you that this is a, a challenge we are often confronted with. Um, I think for me at least the the main challenge was to to reconcile. Um, the the work that I love and that I'm dedicated with, with other aspirations, uh, personal ones, such as um, having a family and, and having a, a child. Um, as, as you can imagine, working in, in remote uh, areas where there is hardly any services or, or working in um, active conflict zones is not always compatible with having a, a, a little kid. Um, so it comes a time when when we we are confronted with tough choices, actually, where where we can't sometimes we can't reconcile the the two. And um, I've I've personally been been confronted with with having to at some point also decide and and accept that I would continue working for Ocha inside Syria. Um, And, and leave my family in the neighboring country uh, in the hope that I you know, would be able to do back and forth and, uh, um, and visit them. And it's, and it's not easy, Jorge, because um, you, you, you're torn um, and you know, you, you're dedicated to this job. You, you want to do it. You want to do it as, as best you, you can, but it, uh, it's sometimes a little bit uh, difficult to, to be separated from your family. And look, this is a situation of many women. Uh, I've met many of them. It's it's a choice we we make, um, but it's it's not an easy one. 
I ask you as a woman, and this is, I have to say that this is also inspiring to me, for instance, as a man and, and for the professionals, even men in the sector. I find that obviously there's not as many women that are voices that are advising or sharing their experiences about these uh, particular stages in their careers and lives. And so I just wanted to ask you an extra comment on that. What would you recommend to the women professionals that are really eager to start a career in the humanitarian and emergency relief and, and are torn by these questions? What would you recommend them to go about that? Well, I, I would recommend them that, you know, we, we I think we need to, to be able to, to pursue um, our, our interests, our, our dreams. Um, I mean, these are obviously very, very personal choices to, to make. Um, I would recommend that we, we should be more, more accepting and, and less judgmental of, of these choices, perhaps. I mean, sometimes they, they need to, to, to be made, hopefully, there for, for temporary uh, periods. Um, so I would recommend that we also feel less guilty <laughs> when we when we make these choices. I mean, it's sometimes they 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 are inevitable. Um, I would also tell them that the organization is is also becoming much more um, conscious about these these challenges, no, or or, or these dilemmas that women um, are are confronted at at some point, and that efforts efforts are being made as well in order to see how how we can accommodate for for these for these situations and how we can um, ease it. I mean, without pretending that there is perfect solutions to to these kind of uh, of situations but at least in my case I, I did did feel supported I did feel there was a certain degree of flexibility to make sure that I could see um, my family uh, a little bit uh, regularly um, and that I mean my my recommendation would be that um, it's not it's not impossible um, and that you also have a strong support um, network that can um, help you a little bit in, in these situations. So I would say, you know, we shouldn't give up on it um, as, uh, as women just because we want to have a career in the field and also be able to have a family. It is possible, um, sometimes challenging, but it is possible. And and can you tell us how, how was it that in what in what stage of of your career moving from this I mean you you've been in in, um, in I cannot count it right now but at least more than or three continents and in what stage did you did you have your family if I may ask or, or what can you tell us more about it how how did you how did you manage where were you. Um, so I managed to have my my family in various uh, duty stations. Also, I think when when children are are younger, basically all you need is to have uh, access to healthcare. Um, then uh, then at a, at a certain point, um, when when they get a little bit older, education services become uh, a little bit more more important. Um, so I was uh, I was only sep not separated, but at least not uh, living fully with uh, with my family for for about a year. 
um, and that would have been two years ago. So my son was uh, was eight. Um, yeah. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> Claudia, I, I'm also curious about what role has safety and security played in, in your career moves? Yeah. What, mm, what, what, yeah. Was it ever considered or tell me? Yes, of course. I mean, safety and security plays a, a, a big role. I, I can tell you quite uh, quite candidly that uh, the reason why I, I left um, Iraq and, and and Baghdad was because as as a woman it was a, it was a time when I just didn't feel uh, secure and I mean I had gone through you know the the, 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 the entire stages of the of the war um, and I don't know I mean I guess we all live these things uh, differently but I think one thing is, um, active conflict. Another thing is when you feel um, the, the the sort of societal tissue and that community security um, fails. And at that time, there there were pamphlets um, being distributed um, with with ransom for international women. And when you don't feel you you have that you know community tissue um then i i didn't feel there were any elements that were protective enough to 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 where i didn't feel safe so i i made the decision to to leave iraq um that was mostly that was the one time when 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 i left for, for fear of my own security I have to say that in all the other contexts, in, in Congo, in Haiti, even in, in, in Syria, I never felt um, the, the, the threat to, to be um, you know, high enough to, to warrant that. I, di I didn't necessarily feel unsafe. I mean, you, you know also that you work in these environments um, and, and it's part of, uh, of, of reality. Um, but in some... In some cases, you you perhaps have fears as well for for your family. Um, it for me it hasn't um, it 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 was not a factor um, for for me to move outside of uh, of of this incident in in Iraq. I see, and and linked to this because you've you've worked on and off uh, in in INGOs and and with OCHA, etc. I'm curious what what has been different working in this context uh, with INGOs and UN agencies. <laughs> Tricky question. Um, I think I think both experiences are are extremely rewarding. When when I was working for for NGOs, I was um, you know you're you're very close to to the affected people. Your your job is very concrete. You, know? you you go to bed and you know that you know a hundred women were able to 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 benefit from from some health services, for example, in 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 the uh, in the centers that that you're supporting. Um, so it is very, very real and it's very rewarding in, in that sense because you have a very direct contact with, with the people you're working for and that you are, you're serving. Um, working with the, uh, with the UN is, uh, is, is much, um, it's a bigger, it's a bigger machinery, let's say. Um, it's, it's also a little bit more bureaucratic, um, but but I always felt with working in in the UN that 
if 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 you if you believe in something, if you're ready to put the work um, that is that is required for it, if if you're willing, you know, to to invest, you can make the whole machinery of the of the UN, which is which is huge, um, move move towards that goal that that you're. Uh, that you've identified and, and and move towards it at at scale. You know? So it uh, in terms of the impact that it can uh, it can make for for people is is uh, is, is somewhat bigger. I think um, the that that is a little bit the the reward for me. You know, that I found in in the organization and and like. You know, perceptions. It, it's true that it's a it's a very big organization, the the UN, and uh, and you know, it may take time sometimes to to work around the the procedures, but it it does uh, incred incredible things. You no, know, in order to be able to find those solutions we were talking about to to assess people in need, and it does it at at the scale that is quite uh, mind-boggling sometimes. Um, so, so that's very rewarding. And Claudia, after so many years um, devoting to, to this this field, why why have you chosen Ocha? Mm. Yes, I mean I started with with Ocha. I I some for for a few periods I I were I tried working with with other parts of uh, of the UN, and I've always returned to to Ocha. I, I think the mandate is uh, is fascinating. I mean, OCHA, we are not operational, but it's it's a it's a coordination function, um, and we I think OCHA is always a little bit in in the middle of the of the storm, no? And it has that sort of privileged position to to be able to leverage all the the resources and and the capacities and and the ideas and. Um, and the and the solutions of of all the the partners that are that are working in that area, so UN agencies, but also international NGOs and national NGOs and think tanks, and um, and be able to to leverage all that capacity to to deploy it to that one goal that uh, that we want, which is that we we are able to assist people in uh, in need. So I think. Um, you know, Ocha, Ocha tries to to make sure that um, that this whole this community that we are um, of of humanitarian actors that that we um, that that our whole is just better than just the sum of of its parts. No, it's uh, it's it's making sure um, that that the advantages that that some actors have are combined with the advantages of of other actors, and that we can pool. All that effort to to bring uh, assistance to to people and just just to give you an example, I mean in, in Syria, Ocha was playing a, an important role in in organizing interagency convoys to um, to besieged areas and this was a super um, complex effort. Um, but we have that that mandate to to coordinate. You know that every um, organization can can bring in. Um, their areas of, of expertise to, to jointly be able to, to go to some areas which are very difficult to access um, and to, to bring assistance. And I mean, I'm giving that one example, but this is what we do every day on a regular basis in hundreds of places uh, and complicated places in, in the world. 
Um, so it's a it's it's um, it's it's a special role, I would say, to 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 be in. And and mentioning that, I am I'm curious also. Tell us an insight that you've learned moving some from such places to to such places. What are the first things that you recommend doing or that you do when arriving at a new crisis zone, at a new duty station? Mm, yes. Um, I would say that the the main thing when we arrive at the at the new place is that we need to we need to be humble. Um, every every place. I mean, emergencies are often similar, but every place is very different, and we have to learn where we are, the context in which we are operating, the the, the people that we are um, working to 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 support, and we 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 have to really get a proper understanding of of the country and the culture and 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 the people. Um, that 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 for me is the is the most important. I mean, sometimes we arrive and we think we have, you know, the sort of quick solutions to to everything. But I think we we really need to understand the context first, all the efforts that have been made um, in in the past as well, and then be able to 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 formulate our own uh, our own solutions and, and what we want to to contribute to it. Um, I think when we are also arriving in a in a new place and we want to to be able to have quick uh, quick results um, that it's important we we try to identify what is um, what is the most critical no? I mean we we cannot unfortunately in, in many of the areas where we work we cannot resolve all the problems uh, at one at once it's uh, often a very complex mix of, uh, of factors that create the the situation so we really need to focus no, on on what we can do what is the most important to to do um, and make sure that we start tackling all these uh, all these issues uh, one by one and and slowly um, so I would also say that the third um, perhaps important thing to do is is also to to be patient no, and, and to recognize that we 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 are contributing um, part of the of the solution and important part of the solution but that um, other parts need to need to come also from from other stakeholders and and take time um, so yes and to keep our cool um, in all this uh, context I think is is also important it can be very stressful um, I know sometimes humanitarian actors have a very high threshold um, of, of, of the sort of things that they they can absorb, but uh, but we are we are all human, no? and we we also need to take care a little bit of ourselves. I see, and and well, everything that you've mentioned seems, and and our audience also can imagine how challenging has it been. But other and and other than than how rewarding it could be to devote the career serving others and. And, and uh, in these emergencies, tell me, tell me some of the best aspects um, that 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 you experienced working in this. In this field. Jorge, I'm losing you. Yes, can you can you yeah. hear me? Yeah. Let let me. You ask me to tell you some of the of the of the best parts of the of the job. Yes. 
<laughs> um, sure. Um, I think that the main. I mean, look, we it's we we are part of this huge global solidarity effort, um, and I think that's that's important, no, because we cannot um, take it for granted. There are such big differences um, in, in, in the world, no, and in different countries and even within those countries, um, of, of the, the, the possibilities that, uh, that, that people have to, to survive and, and to thrive, um, that I think this, this global solidarity effort of, of humanitarian assistance and of international, um, assistance is, is important and that every effort we 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 make individual efforts towards that um, that bigger goal is is important it needs to 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 be maintained and 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 we need to all somehow believe no and understand its um its significance for for people um, at, at the more micro level I, I think what's most rewarding is that we we know in many of the areas where where we work that people are confronted often with with impossible choices i mean you you have um women in 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 syria or in congo or in 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 many countries where they basically have to decide whether the little money they have they will use it on on food or if they should use it on water, or if they should use it on medical healthcare, um, if if one of her children are sick, or if she should use it on making sure their children go to go to education. And you know, the little money she has is not enough for for any of it, and she has to make that choice. And it's it's an impossible choice. We we all know that. Um, so being part of of that effort where we we alleviate um, a little bit her her situation and where we can help expand a little bit those choices and not have to make hard um, sacrifices. I think that's the 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 bigger reward we we get from from this job, Jorge, is that we we know that with what we do, the difference for some people can be the difference between life and death. Um, and and being part of that and and being able to support life as much as we can is um, is is huge and and there's nothing um, there's there's I don't think there's a, many other better feelings than 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 that it's it's hugely rewarding I I I wouldn't be able to find the comparison to be honest I see. And and I think this is my final question, Claudia. What what would you advise yourself twenty years back from now? Um, what I would what what I would advise um, to to I would advise to keep trying uh, and to look. It's it's not always easy to to enter uh, a new field and a, and a new line of uh, of work. Um, you have to demonstrate how you know that your little experience uh, um, is 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 relevant. Um, but we that it's it's worth trying and it's it's worth um, trying to enter this uh, this line of work. As as I have tried to to illustrate, it's not 
um, you know, it's not necessarily always easy, um, but it's extremely, it's extremely rewarding. Um, it matters. It makes a difference for, for people. Um, so I think we, we need to, you know, all of us keep, um, keep trying. And, and I also would like to, to take the, the advantage to, to encourage other, other young people um, who may be interested in, in this line of, uh, of work to, to try and to, and to try. And if it fails, then to keep trying. Um, and in particular, women, because they have a lot to, to, to give to, to this effort. And we've discussed the, um, the, the challenges, but we've also discussed the, uh, um, the, the possibilities that are, that are out there and, and the efforts that are being made also by, by the organizations to have more, more women in, in their ranks. Um, and that willingness to, to be able to look at also the, the, the conditions that make, make this more, uh, more feasible. And, and as a part two of this question, and also the, uh, dedicated to our fellows, which, which um, our fellowship program at Impact Pool focus on career progression and, and support professionals around the world to, to land jobs in the sector and making impact. Um, what, what would you say, again, as a part two of this question, what would you advise yourself? You've, you've reached to such seniority and, and there's a lot of, of professionals in the UN and, and in the INGOs uh, that, that sometimes feel stuck in, in, their, in their seniority levels. What, what would you say was critical? How, how did you achieve? What were the, the core aspects that, that enabled you to reach um, such level of seniority? As you are now, um, Jorge, I think it, the 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 currency in in the UN is is hard work. Um, I think if 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 you work really hard, if if you're dedicated, um, you know this is this is not just a job. It's it's uh, it is not something you do from nine to five and and then you disconnect. It's it's a it's almost a, a lifestyle. It it requires. 200% from you, um, and it's 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 not something that you 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 switch off. So I think um, the organization recognizes um, people that are that are willing to to give what what it takes to to be able to advance the the objectives of of the organization. I think um, the the organization invests in you. I mean, I was. Given the the opportunity, once I had um, um, once I had entered the sort of middle management uh, um, positions after after many years of uh, of work, um, I was I was given training. I was given a coach. I was given a mentor. I was given the the resources a little bit to accompany me in uh, in in this position of of manager and 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 to try to to do a, a good a, a good work. So I think on, on, on the side of, of our colleagues, I would say it, it takes work and, and dedication. Um, it takes patience as well. I mean, sometimes people want to move uh, very fast in, in the ranks, whereas 
you know, reality is we, we have a lot to learn and it's not easy to manage operations in the countries where, where we work. So sometimes, you know, we need to stay in the same level in different countries and different contexts and, um, and, and gain a little bit more, more experience before, be, before we, we move up too, too fast. Um, I also think that the organization trusts you um, and, and invests in, in, in you. So it's, um, you know, it's, it's a mutual uh, relationship that, that you, you develop. And I would also like to, to highlight that you also have uh, uh, an incredible support um, network amongst your, your colleagues, now within the organization, but also within um, the, the broader context of, uh, of, of, UN, of UN agencies. Um, so I would um, recommend, and, and look, I have also here um, uh, a young professional that is on a, on a fellowship uh, program, and um, it's, it's good to expose yourself to, to these situations. Uh, you, in, in, in the case of my colleague, um, he started with little tasks, but as he was able to demonstrate competence and ability to, to do them, he, he is given more and more responsibilities um, to, the, to the point that he is um, performing now at the P3 level um, when he's at the, you know, just as a, at, a, at an entry level in, in the organizations. So it really depends on, on what people want to offer and how much they want to, to put on the table. I think if, if uh, they work hard, they will find that the organization rewards that and, and helps them to grow. Thank you very much, Claudia. It's, it's, been, it's been inspiring and it's also a learning experience. I, I really appreciate you giving your time to share this, even your personal life and your, your personal, your career, everything. It's, it's really helpful and we really thank you and I hope you have a great day. Thank, thank you, Jorge. Thanks to you. Thanks to you.